Welcome to the Husband Material Podcast, where we help Christian men outgrow porn. Why? So you can change your brain, heal your heart, and save your relationship. My name is Drew Boa, and I'm here to show you how. Let's go. Hey, man, thanks for listening to today's interview with Adam and Carissa King. They are so awesome. I absolutely love this episode because if you have ever wondered, what should sex education look like? How early should it start? And whether you're a parent or not, what do I need to know about how to talk with kids about this? How should sexual development happen? And it can be so much more fun and enjoyable and effective than what we grew up with. If you're anything like me, man, it didn't happen. We did not get the conversations and the safety and the type of guidance that we really needed. So let's change that for the next generation. Enjoy this episode. Today, I am so excited to be hanging out with Adam and Carissa King, also known as Dear Young Married Couple. You've been on the podcast before, but you're back to talk about something very, very important, sexual education at home. Yes. Mm -hmm. We're big proponents. Thanks for having us back on, Drew. It's always good to be be with friends. Yeah. Yeah, I got to visit you guys in Sacramento, which was so fun. Yes. That was good. That it was, was good. fun. We had you over and had you on our podcast. And it was great as always. You've been on our podcast a couple of times and we always get such good feedback yeah. about yeah. the nuggets of wisdom that you put out there. So yeah. thank you. Kindred spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. I feel the same way. And that's why I'm so excited about this new resource that you all have created called Having the Talks. Because one just isn't enough. Yes. A a guided conversation game on sexuality for parents and children, Mm -hmm. which by the way, I have been using. I used it this morning. Uh, It's it's this card deck and my daughter and I did 15 cards. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I love it. That's great. And and your daughter's young. So you did, you did the caterpillar side. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So we'll get into all of what that means and how it works and introduce you to this resource. But first of all, why are you so passionate about this topic? Well, why not be proactive instead of reactive? Mm -hmm. Um, I think we're passionate because we work with a lot of broken people. Um, My wife is a marriage and family therapist. I am a life coach. We've worked together as a team helping marriages and individuals with sexual addiction. Um, and we've noticed that, I mean, what is that that saying that, you know, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure? So often, um, and, and this is also looking back at our own um, childhood, that so much could be done to prevent uh, the pain and the brokenness that often happens with kids, especially in uh, Christian homes, uh, if they had someone to go to, to talk about these, because talk about these hard subjects. Mm-hmm. I mean, sexuality is not straightforward. Yeah, It's not find a lady, get married and have sex. It's, there is so much there that we're having to work through. So this card deck really is just a way of opening the conversations with the kids and empowering parents because parents, I think a lot of times are scared 
to talk about this and we'll get into this, I'm sure. Um, but it's really coming from that place. Just to add to that, you know, in Christian homes, the attitude around sexuality is often that of silence or that of just pure negativity. It's bad. It's sin. Um, and so very rarely, in fact, to be specific, about 9% of Christian homes, and we've done this survey multiple times over thousands of people now, and every time it's right around that 9% mark, 9% of Christian homes have the upbringing um, that you know sexuality is a good gift to be celebrated in the covenant of marriage. So 91% it was either silence, sex is bad, or maybe they had the talk and it was just like this obligatory thing. And then it, that's it. Nothing else. So it was really awkward. 91% is really our Christian brothers and sisters are having an unhealthy upbringing around sexuality. So then we see the fallout from that, whether it's sexual addiction or pornography, or even just not knowing each other sexually, not knowing how to know each other sexually or celebrate sex as a good thing. Um, we see a lot of that in marriage as well, that we, we end up doing a lot of work with those folks too. So, so uh, just, just to pull back from sex and, and think about this whole f- subject of talking to your kids about a subject, think about it, like talking about finances. Mm-hmm. We all know that finances in marriage can cause a lot of problems, right? Like my tendencies and how I look at it, uh, safety I want, uh, and maybe the adventure she wants, how those desires, uh, there's conflict. And there's so many things that come with the idea of money and finances. Can you imagine? Um, well, actually a lot of, a lot of kids get this, but maybe one or two talks of this is what you should look out for. You know, make sure you pay your bills. Like, Sometimes parents are very, they're not very helpful to their kids around finances. And it's not a shocker that maybe they struggle for 10 years around finances Mm -hmm. because they had one or two talks and and there wasn't much modeling going on. But imagine the parents that slow everything down and say, hey, you know, you got to be careful with, with the credit card because look at what interest does and show them plotted out what interest can do and Mm -hmm. how much it costs and how much more it money and effort has to go in. If there's interest accruing, they're much less likely to get into crazy credit card debt or crazy student loans. Or like, So what I'm saying is most parents that are really wanting their kids to thrive financially are going to have a lot of conversations around finances to guide them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? They're not going to have just a single talk. No. They're going to have tons of talks. And I love the way Rodney and Tracy Wright put it in their book, How to Talk to Your Kids About Sex. They say it's not the 100-minute conversation, it's the 101-minute conversation. Yes. Exactly. And how those felt mm-hmm. to the child. Yeah. That's imperative. So one of the one of the things that we want to talk about and bring, um, I, I shine the light of clarity and you know focus on this is, are you an askable parent? Can your child come to you with something they may be a little bit, huh, that's, yeah, that's weird. I, 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 I've never heard that word or I've never seen that. Can they come to you and safely without you freaking out? Mm-hmm. You know, because if you freak out, they're even in a good way. Oh, my word. Where did you hear that? <laughs> ah, cut off all your friends. Never again. <laughs> right. Like 
they're not going to come to you again because right. that was that was crazy. Mm-hmm. I just want I just want to have a conversation. Answer my question, please. Mm-hmm. Don't make me feel bad or weird or shameful for asking it. As children, we need to both have these conversations and feel like it's safe and enjoyable and life-giving, mm-hmm. um, maybe even fun. Yes. Um, that's not hard to do. And as a parent myself, I know it can be easy to just think, well, that's kind of hard. I'll put it off till later. You know, they're, they're, too, they're too young anyways. They need to be older. So what yep. would you say to that question of how early should sex ed begin? Yeah, we get that question quite a bit. So um, we'll we'll share with you how we designed the having the talks. And first of all, we designed it as a game on purpose. We wanted it to be playful and fun and normalized. We didn't want it to be this long, you know, this big talk at age 12, yeah. you know. Sit down. <laughs> right. It's it's so dramatic, you know. This is your passport to purity. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yes, yes. Exactly. So we we wanted anything but that, right? So we we made it these I like how you said or or what you quoted from that book that it's, you know, 101 minute conversations. Now these conversations can turn into more than 1 minute, but when they are 2, 3 and 4, it is going to be probably one minute conversations like you had with your daughter. I mean, 15 conversations this morning. Would you you say the majority of those were less than a minute? They were pretty short. Yeah. Yeah. And also, uh, there were some questions that she just didn't know. I was like, okay, what, what part of your body do you like the most? That was pretty easy answer. What part of your body to like, do you like the least? Mm-hmm. And I was actually kind of happy that she didn't have one in mind. Nice. Like, That's wow. good. Bef- yep. Before all those body image uh, issues come into play. But yes. the funny thing was I had to stop the conversations because she just wanted to keep going. It was that fun. Yes. Uh, That's great. And who I knew that, that talking about sexuality could feel that way? Exactly. Yep. And so if you're doing that, how old is she? Five. So you're doing that at age five. Think about at age 12 or 15, if you've cultivated, and and this is my answer to your question, if you've cultivated a beautiful garden bed of, you know, there's rich soil, there's nutrients, there's water. This is your source. I, you know, I'm your parent. I'm representing God. You know, I'm, I'm trying to parent you the way God wants to parent us. And, and I want to be there for all your questions, all your woes, all your hurts, your pains, anything that someone says to you, or you learn, or you, you know, all these, I want to be there for you. And you're cultivating that from age five. Now, um, you know, we recommend starting super young. Um, we have started super young with our kiddos and as, as early as they can talk, we had the, having the talks card deck beta tested as early as age two. So basically as early as they can form complete sentences. And, um, they, we have the statistics on our website and I'm recalling them correctly at age two, it was about 40% of the, of the deck that they understood. Um, not that they like knew the answers to, but they, they like were giving a relevant answer. So it wasn't like some jibber jabber, you know, in, they, the, in the ballpark, right. They, mm-hmm. they knew what the, com- what conversation was being had at age two, about 40% of the time by age three, that jumped to 60%. Um, and then by age four, that jumped to 80% by age five, they knew, understood about 90% of the questions. So it, you know, really, you can be having these conversations as early as age two and three. And so we put 
age three plus on the card right. deck. And, and to be clear, not all the questions are about sex. Right. Yep. Um, that's a big thing because so much of our, I don't know, so much of us play into sexuality. So it's mm-hmm. about these cards focus on identity, of course, anatomy. Um, mm-hmm. Help me out. What are the other parts? Yeah. So other? we have, you know, identity and purpose. We have um, conception, anatomy. And by the way, um, my sister, Karina Hendricks, is the co author of the deck. And um, she's a Christian sex ed teacher. So she helped us with a lot of the questions and then this next phase of the project, but um, having to do with anatomy and conception. Um, so we, we did a lot on reproduction, um, which by the way, we do focus on that because that's part of sex ed, but that's not the main focus. Like mm-hmm. we focused a lot on identity, the celebration of sex and marriage, um, emotional awareness. So it's not just like, oh, sex is for procreation or making babies. You know, we wanted this to be a celebration of sex as well. Yes, because sex is one category within sexuality. Right. Sexuality yes. is so much bigger than sex and it includes our spirituality. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things I love about the way you frame these conversations. Uh, if I can give this away, card number one is how did God make you special? Mm-hmm. There you go. Yep. What a great question. What a great question for anyone to answer. <laughs> yes. Yep. And just to meditate on. Exactly. And we want our kids saying that often. Like our kids will use that phrase because we we repeat that phrase a lot and we'll ask them questions about God making them special. So now they'll talk to each other that way. You know, one of them will say something and, you know, our son is three. And so he'll say something like, ah, you know, like he gets mad at something like he can't, he can't fix the toy or whatever. And Adeline, she's four, will turn to him and be like, Forrest, that's okay. God made you special and you can do that. You know, like she's encouraging him with that language. So it's, it's special to us that that is, it's happening at that young of an age. Mm-hmm. This is revolutionary. This is so different than what we typically think of as sex ed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. It really is. Well, just like the finance analogy or what we're trying to do is that there's so many facets to finances. Same thing with sex. Mm-hmm. It's not just a, this is what intercourse is. And I think that's when we talk about the talk, that's what people think about. Like, I'm going to sit my, whatever, my teenager or 11, 10, normally it's more like 13 or 14 where they already know everything. Um, they sit them down like, son, <laughs> do you need to know anything else? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's it's kind of like, this is what sex is. And that's that's what I do, you know? And it's super awkward because they haven't established this. They haven't had talks in this arena very often. And it's kind of like a need to know basis rather than a, let me cultivate a place to have these talks. Let me guide the conversations to the places where I know if I don't talk about the world will, the world will, I mean, they're, they're trying so desperately to get into every single Christian home and indoctrinate the kids because mm-hmm. they they know it, they could bypass the parents yeah. Yeah. and get to the kids and teach them so that the next generation is pretty far away from what God wants to do with sexuality. And that's a great reason why these 
talks about sexuality and our bodies need to start so early because they're already starting early outside the home. Exactly. Uh, They're having a thousand 10-second conversations and TV commercials and little advertisements on on the Mm -hmm. internet. That's it. At school, it's happening. It's happening everywhere. Uh, So if we're not having those talks, then we are basically giving the microphone to everybody else. That's exactly it. Yeah. And I mean, if you think your child is too young, really consider the target age range of these conversations in the world. They're targeting our kindergartners. Um, Kids as early as age three can now have surgery for um, transgender tendencies like that's we just re- received an, a, a dm the other day from somebody who sent us it was a an article that this one children's medical center is offering transgender surgeries as early as age three so if you think your child's too young to talk about how beautiful god made their bodies and you know good things and use body part language and celebrate sexuality from a godly perspective at age three then you have another thing coming in a few years. Yeah. I mean, the, the takeaway here is if you don't teach your children about sexuality, someone else will. Yeah. Well said. Wow. One of the questions that I was uh, using this morning was, are you a boy or a girl? And how do you know? Mm-hmm. What a simple, safe way of beginning to address some of those transgender issues. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. How confusing if a parent hasn't talked about this and then all of a sudden they go to a school and they form a deep relationship with a teacher who has an antithetical view from yours, like about sexuality. Can you imagine the damage that could happen Mm -hmm. at, at an early age of just like, questioning, making them question what they are and how they know it. Yeah. So I just don't want to flip the dice or, you know, roll the dice and and hope and pray that I have everything lined up that my, my pastor is going to teach the kids about their gender and everything they need to know. And me just stay completely absent from Mm -hmm. sexuality Mm -hmm. because really train up a child in the way he should go. That's not to from the pastors, that's to the parents. Right. Mm-hmm. And if we haven't established a way that we should go, there's nothing to depart from. Well said. Right? There's nothing to depart from if if we haven't set the way. And so parents have to slow this conversation, like just actually create an air, a, a safe place for their kids to ask the questions so that we can start establishing this is the way. Mm-hmm. This is the way that that God desires us to go and a way that feels interesting a Mm. way that feels like a a beautiful thing not a duty no exactly something we're looking forward to like oh when can we take out the cards when can we talk about this (laughs) fun stuff and we we had hoped for that but it wasn't something we were like trying to pull or expected in the beta tester feedback and so when we were doing the videos with you know interviews with our beta testers that was something we kept hearing over and over was their kids wanted to play can we play those cards again can we can we do that after dinner again tonight i I think that the kids are more curious than we give them credit well we give them credit for but we leave sexuality out of that 
that, you know, let me answer these questions. Let me look to answer these questions. Cause as soon as parents have like the beta testers opened up the card decks and kids actually saw what was on the cards, some of the kids that could read, they were excited about doing it because they had these questions already. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't like they hadn't thought about this. It was like, oh yeah, we get to talk about this. Yep. And even some of the older kids like that already had, you know, some concept of sexuality and some of the awkwardness that was already built around that when they saw the cards and they had those giggles and whatnot, they were still gravitating toward, they were coming back or peeking at them or asking their parents more questions, even though they had already gotten off to maybe an awkward start. Mm -hmm. I hear you saying that kids want to learn about sexuality, Mm -hmm. that we are naturally curious from a young age that is a normal and important stage of sexual development. And if we don't have a place for curiosity with our parents, it seems like uh, it makes a lot of sense why so many kids turn to porn and why so yes. many of us were sexually educated by pornography, yes. um, which hijacked our curiosity. Mm-hmm. And curiosity became seen as a, a problem. No, no, our curiosity, yes, it can get us into trouble. But if we're having these talks, uh, then our curiosity should be leading us into greater health and and growth and and maturity. That's it. Totally. Right. So reclaiming curiosity. (laughs) I love it. That's a great tagline. There's a book. (laughs) It's great. Yep. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. we, We just, we want to be there for our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we're finding is that, well, like for instance, my own story, my, I had the talk, the one talk and I had lots and lots of questions, but we had never had it before, you know? And, and I felt really, really weird. I could tell my dad was uncomfortable and my dad's a good, good guy, you know, like loves Jesus, you know, solid man, very, lots of integrity, but he was, he felt awkward. I could feel the awkwardness and I wasn't going to come up with some questions that I had, you know, it it just felt weird to ask those. So, uh, you know, what do I do? So when I want to talk about dating, that feels weird. I I don't know how, what do you feel about dating? And we didn't really talk about dating. We didn't talk about, so when you shut down one part, every, so many other conversations are tied to sexuality that start shutting down and becoming off limits, which just create a, I don't know, like suppression of curiosity, but you can't suppress it for very long. Mm -hmm. Right. So we're just left, you know, like, you know, Google, you know, mother Google, please answer my questions. Father Google (laughs) answer my questions and and it will, but not in the way that you would like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Over and over again, I hear a similar story from the men I work with that resonates with me too. Mm -hmm. We were able to talk about a lot of different topics growing up, but not sex, not sexuality. This was, this was the one Mm -hmm. that was left out. This is the one that was neglected. This is the one where we felt abandoned. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and that is the bedrock of unwanted sexual behavior as right. an adult. Right. right. And it's the seed for shame. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? <laughs> wow. 
I was just trying to wax eloquent and not be questioned. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because when there is intrigue and questions are not being asked and it starts to become a taboo, Mm -hmm. as, as you know, and your listeners probably know that age of average exposure to pornography is eight to 11. So we actually do a lot of the premarital counseling for our church, which is fairly large. We've changed our language to have you been exposed to pornography to what's your exposure been like to pornography? It's not if people have been, it's how much Mm -hmm. and how has it affected you? We've never had anybody say, I've never seen anything. Everybody has seen something. So what do you do with that? When that, that those images come across your screen, Mm -hmm. oh my word, like that was crazy, but I can't tell anybody because I know I'd be in trouble. And, and if I'm in, uh, you know what I mean? And and that's, I'm sure not what my parents would have wanted or, or whoever the listener is like, what, what do you do with that? Mm So that's how it leads to shame and right. especially shame for what if I liked it? Yes. What if I was excited? What right. If, what if I wanted to go look at it again? Or maybe not even pornography. What if what if I saw a beautiful girl and I was I was aroused by her? Mm-hmm. And what do I do with that? Yeah. Is that okay? Is that me being perverted? Is that like mm-hmm. so there's so many things. And that's normal. God created you like that. However, when there's no teaching around this and, and kids that maybe have an overactive um, conscience or non-active conscience or like there are so many, so many places to be snared in this if there's no discipleship. That's it. Yeah. There has to be discipleship and fathers and mothers are tasked with that. But sadly, one of the greatest tools of the enemy, which is sexual addiction, sexual perversion, is also one of the most silent subjects in the church. And that's why we're finding the brokenness that we're finding. Yeah. Yeah. We want that discipleship to start early. And so we have even like that, what you said, what if I was aroused? What if I liked it? Right. Well, there's a question in the card deck that says, what happens in your body when you like someone or you feel turned on? Now that's an awkward conversation. If you've never had any, any conversations like that and you pull it out with a 15 year old and say, what happens in your body? Right. But if you're cultivating it from a young age, that's not weird. Like my yeah. sister who just got married and came back from her, her honeymoon is recounting all this excitement <laughs> and celebration about what happened, right? Like, and a lot of people would be like, oh, that's weird. Like, shouldn't she just keep that between her and her husband? No, because we've cultivated a celebration of sex in our family and it's exciting. She wants to come home and share how awesome it was or any questions <laughs> she had. And it's a good thing. Right. So you, you, if you talk about what happens in your body, and this is something my parents, my mom did really well with us girls is when we were six, seven and eight and having changes in our body, we were talking about those things openly. So it wasn't a mystery. Exactly. So when we were 15 and, you know, other changes were happening and happening in our body and we were aroused by whatever happened, we could talk about that openly. 
And it, it was a good thing. It was celebrated. It was like, oh, that's awesome. That's how God made your body. Like that, that means, that means it's working right, you know? And, and then there was, there were parameters around that. And it was, a it, the boundaries weren't looked at as rules. It was looked at like the song of Solomon. If you, if you think about that, the friends in the song of Solomon, um, they were mentees of the woman. She was teaching them about sexuality And so she was saying, you know, all this poetry, all this beautiful experience that she was having sexually, she was sharing it with them in an appropriate way. It wasn't voyeurism. She wasn't like doing anything in front of them, but she was celebrating it with them. And then she said, hey, don't awaken love until it's ready. Right. Like, so she's giving them these boundaries after she's celebrated what good thing it is. Mm -hmm. And, And that is the model that we want to adapt for ourselves as parents. I love that teaching blessing and boundaries. That's it. Yes. That's it. Out in the world, there's some blessing. It's like, hey, it's okay, do whatever, but there's no boundaries. Right. And then it feels like in a lot of our Christian churches and homes, there are a lot of boundaries, like what not to do, but not a lot of blessing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. Yeah. You really need yeah. both. You really yes. do. You really do. Mm-hmm. Because it's that's exactly what God does. And he's the perfect parent. Yeah. gives us boundaries and blessing. Yeah. And this is one of the most beautiful things that God has gifted us with is sex mm-hmm. and the, the ability for intimacy. It's it's amazing. It's beautiful. Yeah. So let's celebrate it. God meant it to be celebrated. Yeah. So these cards really are just to give parents um, an idea of where to go, mm-hmm. what to, and and just to explain a little bit further. So when we're talking about the caterpillar or the butterfly, you want to Sure. Yeah. Talk about that, babe. So each question, there, there's a hundred plus questions in the deck, but each card has a, a younger version of the question and an older version of the question on the other side of the of the card. So, you know, the caterpillar question might say, How did God make you special? And then on the butterfly side, which is the older version of the question, it's um, how are you made in the image of God? What does it mean to be made in the image of God? So it's more of a, it's, you know, it requires more critical thinking and they're thinking a bit more deeply and people ask, you know, what age do you switch to the butterfly side? It's up to you as a parent. If you've never had any conversations with your children or on sexuality or hard stuff, or even like emotional awareness, you might start with the caterpillar side even if they're older, but then you can shift to the butterfly side as you're seeing a lot of comprehension and comfort comfort with you in these conversations. So, you know, again, the beta testers, we saw that shift somewhere around eight years old um, is when they started, you know, maybe they would do half of them still caterpillar, but half of them butterfly. Um, some of them were shifting all to butterfly by the time they were eight or nine. Um, so you can look at all those stats on the website. And honestly, parents, it's never too late. We've, right. we've had a lot of, we had some parents that, you know, their kids were older teens and they tried to, to bring these conversations and the, and the kids just shut them down. Like, this is dumb mom. And, and she's like, okay. And she just leaves them. And we were like, oh, that's tells you a lot. Mm-hmm. We would have been just like, no, you know, parents own it. Just, yeah. I've been silent on this but I want to be there for you and answer these questions and talk mm-hmm. about it. And it was, this would still be a good place to start. So it's never, I don't think it's never too late right. to be there for your kids. And I loved how you said that drew a second ago that we we've 
lot of us have been abandoned sexually. Mm-hmm. Let's not do that. We can show up again for our kids. Yeah. And I think this is a good opportunity. Right. Yes. We can give the next generation what we didn't get. That's right. We should have had. Mm-hmm. One of the gifts of this I've heard you talk about as the power of first mention. What is that? Yes. The power of first mention. It's actually a theological statement. So in scripture, when something is first mentioned, we use that as setting precedence for anything that builds upon that in scripture. And we can use that same concept in our parenting. If we get to our children first, we get to set precedence. Mm-hmm. We, we get to craft the worldview. That's right. So we get to tint the world, the shade that that is most truthful rather than starting with a shade that's a lie. And you're going to get, I mean, no doubt, questions that come from other sources where they had the power of first mention. We live in a fallen world. We live in a world where your kids are not being helicoptered 24-7. So they're going to hear things from other people and they're going to ask you about that. Um, And so you're not always going to have the power of first mention, but as much as possible, have the power of first mention rather than them coming to you and saying, Hey, like someone was telling me about this phrase, you know, what's oral sex? What if you got to explain what oral sex was first? And so then when they heard it from their friend, they're like, yeah, I know my, you know, my parents already told me, I know what that is. Right. Yeah. So, you know, and we're not saying like, tell your three, three three-year-old what oral (laughs) sex is like that. They're not going to comprehend that. Um, These still require a discernment. Exactly. (laughs) Discretion. Right. But you know, you get to have the power of first mention as much as, as you plan to. Um, and then when you don't plan to, there will be times when you don't have the power of first mention and you get to correct and guide and that's okay too. Course corrections are important in the journey. So with a topic like oral sex or pornography or transgender or LGBTQ, if the first time I hear that word comes from a parent, then I'm probably going to view it more like my parent. Uh, and maybe it will feel more normal mm-hmm. rather than forbidden, thrilling, magical. That's well said. Yeah, there's a sense of safety there if you heard it from your parents first. Yeah. They're the source, right? But if you hear it from a non-source first, you wonder if it's okay, if it's taboo. What if you liked it? What if you saw, you know, so there's there's all these questions. There's a lot of gray. There's a lot of unknown. It's anxiety provoking. Mm-hmm. But if you hear it from a parent first, there's safety. It's like, oh yeah, that's no big deal. My parents told me about that. I know about that. And and I can ask them more questions. If my friends tell me something that's confusing, I'll just go back to the source. That's so good. That's so good. We've done a pretty good job of discussing prohibitions, right? Like that's pretty much the main uh, narrative around, around sex in the church is, is, are the prohibitions. And then we've actually done, um, an okay job in certain church circles around permissions, you know, like what is okay. Um, but it usually stops there. It's usually just a discussion of prohibitions and permissions and we don't ever really get to the celebration of sex. And, and that's what we want to promote with, with these cards is that it's celebrated. It's a good gift. It's not the only thing in life. There's lots of other things mm-hmm. in life. And actually, you know, like Adam said, the card deck is not just about sex, but sexuality and mm-hmm. everything that it encompasses. Yeah. So that's, that's our, our heartbeat with this deck. 
Awesome. Should we play? Yeah, let's play. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, pick a card, any card. <laughs> Chris is an excellent parent. She's going to answer all of them. Oh man, <laughs> I have not memorized card numbers. You want to? You want to pick one up and just share it? Okay, <laughs> going with card number thirty. He's going to pull the hardest one. Watch. <laughs> what is ejaculation for boys? Have you had an ejaculation? All right. So that's on the caterpillar or butterfly side. Interestingly, that one is the same on both sides. I thought so. So on some of the questions, if they're purely um, scientific or um, kind of like a psychological concept that both younger children and older children could get, um, we just kept the card the same. So if, if there's no really difference in comprehension, um, so that, you know, if you want to ask it, you can, if your child can comprehend that, um, if you feel like they're not gonna be able to comprehend it, you can wait, but there's no other way to ask that question. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a scientific fact. What is an ejaculation? Yeah. So, so, um, it's interesting because we were, we had a monthly live date night last week, a couple weeks ago on having the talks. And some of these questions, parents are like, wait, I need to figure out what the answer is if I'm going to try to educate my child. Um, and one of the questions that came up was like, what's the difference between sperm and semen? Because a lot of parents didn't know the difference. They were like, I've, I've always used them interchangeably. Like, so if I'm going to teach this, you know, scientific fact, I got to get educated myself. Um, so, you know, if you don't know, like, wait, I want to say this the right way. What is an ejaculation? I'm gonna, I'm going to share this with my child if they don't know the answer or if they have a preconceived notion of what it is, maybe they heard it from a friend, then I want to correct that and, you know, help them understand it more fully and also destigmatize it. Take the taboo away yeah. and let them know this is a natural process. This happens for boys and it's you're not bad if it happens. So my mind actually went to nocturnal emissions. Right. Um nocturnal ejaculation and that's like in the deck too i think yeah but that's where my brain went with just with that and that's that's just that's a biological thing that happens in 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 boys sleep mm-hmm. um and a lot of parents don't prepare them for it if there aren't the talks mm-hmm. that that boy is gonna be like something just happened it felt really good and i have no idea what that was but that wasn't normal mm-hmm. right and that could lead them down to more exploration and maybe talking to a friend, which yeah. you, know, you can't control the information from friends or Google. Yeah. Um, so having those discussions are going to be imperative. Of and, and what we try to do generally is try to give the best answer we can. Um, and it's so okay. It's so difficult because when we're talking about this now, everybody's going to apply it to their child their child now, which our, our answers are going to be vastly different depending on the age of the child. We might not talk to Forrest about who's our three-year-old about this right now. Probably wouldn't pull that card. Well, he wouldn't understand it. He yet. wouldn't understand it. Yeah. Right. But as he starts getting to that, that age, and I don't have the data of when that starts happening, but Drew, do you know when that starts happening? Like, yeah, I mean, it's a natural release when you have buildup. So mm-hmm. that buildup usually comes closer to puberty. Yeah. yeah. So if you've talked to them about that a couple years before that, 
and they know it's going to come and they expect it, then it's not this crazy weird thing when it happens. They just say, Hey, that, you know, when we were talking about nocturnal emission or ejaculation, like that happened. And then you can, guys can be like, Oh, wow, that's awesome. And then you're you guys, reaching puberty. Good yeah, job. This, <laughs> yeah. You're reaching puberty. It happened. I'm also thinking about how this can prevent abuse because oh yeah, if, if a mm-hmm. child's sexuality is awakened, for example, as a little boy yep. with an adult, uh, they don't know what's happening. They don't know, oh, that's an ejaculation. He just did something to me. Yeah. Um, then then it's terrifying or, yes. or it's taboo. So, so also I see this as a possibly very protective mm-hmm. and maybe preventative for abuse. Absolutely. So, yep. so, so true. Well, now if, if you guys are talking about this, you have names for everything. Mm-hmm. You have a category for it. You know, a lot of times trauma is, is when our story enters a place that you have no ability to hold it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if, if they're abused and they have nowhere to hold it and then it becomes secrecy and shame and all this other stuff, like, yeah, it could go on for years. Yeah. It can not be discovered until they're older, but if they have a place to hold it and they're like, wait, hold on this and that happened. Or if it is happening, they're like, no, that's, that's not, that's not okay. We talked about this. Mm -hmm. So it becomes a, a definitely a barrier for, I mean, it's not unbreakable, but it definitely will help the parents find out quicker and Mm -hmm. have a place for the kids to hold it. Yeah. And with regards to abuse, most children who are sexually abused don't get abused by a stranger. They're abused by people in their family, usually people in the extended family or even like step parents, but it's, it's people who are familiar who have in a sense, even if they didn't call it this, but they've groomed them. They've gained a lot of comfort with that person. There's a lot of familiarity and uh, it's special bonding. And so if you have already developed conversations with your kids that say, hey, anytime, you know, an adult talks to you about, about something that you have questions about, or you don't, you're confused, you don't know, always tell mommy and daddy. And then even just the regular download, you know, like we just went camping. And so I was showering my daughter and, you know, we just had gone camping and I'm downloading everything with her. There nothing bad, not trying to investigate anything. I'm just like, hey, so when Auntie D took you to, you know, on that adventure hike, what did you guys do? What did you talk about? There's nothing investigative about that. I'm but I'm making this a culture of of download whenever we're with family and adults and, you know, oh, and when you were at the lake and you were on that tube and you guys were floating off, was that a little scary? You know, and we're talking, what does that mean to be scared? And you got a little further than you thought you were going to go, you know, and so we're, we're cultivating an open discussion of download from the school day, from the day at Granny's house, from the day at camping. And so it's not weird when we want to download when they had a sleepover with friends or they had, you know, it's just they tell pa- their parents the highlights of everything. And low lights. Yeah, there you go. Low lights yeah. and highlights. The highs and the lows and mm-hmm. the uncomfortable questions. Mm-hmm. 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 Thank you so much for giving me a way to have these conversations with my kids. Absolutely. It's an honor. Thank you for trusting us and using the resource. I'm so thankful you were able to have 15 conversations this morning. Yeah. And I can't wait to see what happens uh, from the rest of the cards. Yes. How those go. 
Yes. We've got over a hundred to go through, and now I'm thinking, wonder what the result of this will be in ten years. Mm-hmm. That's exactly thirty it. years. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. Yes. Yeah, and every couple of years, these these questions and answers are going to change. Right. Yep. Because they have more information and you have more information. So something that we're working on right now um, is a resource for um, an answer, a one-page answer to every question in the deck so that parents will have that you know, quick <laughs> reference of like, wait, what is the answer to that? Let me make sure I have it on the tip of my head before we play the game. Um, and then, you know, depending on the age of your child, you can even read it together. Um, so this is going to be the parent guide. It will come out soon, but until then, um, you can sign up to get a one answer each week in the form of an email. So you can go to, um, www.havingthetalks.com and then there's a banner at the top, click there, just put your email address in. And then every week you'll get an answer to one of the questions. And, um, that way you're, you're getting equipped and familiar with it. Oh, this is so good. Sex ed for parents. Yeah, exactly. Sex ed for adults. <laughs> got it. You got yes. it. And yes, it's sex ed, but it's also very much, you know, biblical worldview. We have scriptures that are a part of it. Um, Karina, my sister's helping us with some of the, the technical pieces of sex ed since she's a biology and sex ed teacher. And parents too, uh, don't be afraid to do it worrying about uh, not having the answer. Yeah not all of us always have the answer and yes. it's okay to say, I don't know. That's a, that's a very good mm-hmm. question. I, I heard some, I can't, I don't know who said this, but it was a fantastic point. I don't know. Let me get back with you. Let me figure it out and I'll come back and answer that question. All that does is open up another conversation, another opportunity mm-hmm. to follow up and you could do it justice. Yes. So never feel, feel, fearful of not having an answer totally and it's modeling authenticity it's okay to be real it's okay to not know yes yes it's good and as your kids are older you know and can do research do research with them show them how to look things up so <laughs> depending that, on what you're searching exactly but fi- you know share okay hey we can go to webmd for this kind of thing or you know we can we can look at such and such podcast because we trust them you know we're going to look at to find an answer to this. And so you're training your training being the operative word, training your 14, 15, 16 year olds on how to do searches responsibly mm-hmm. with you. And so that's not weird when they come across things and you're, you're teaching them how to filter that appropriately. I love it. Thank you so much, Adam and Carissa and everyone. You can get this deck of 100 plus cards, this guided conversation game on sexuality in the link in the show notes. And I'm assuming havingthetalks.com is the best place to go. Yes, you can get them on Amazon, but they're linked at havingthetalks.com. And we're we're intending to share more and more resources. So stay tuned. There will be a sex ed curriculum eventually as well that Karina's Ooh. writing. So if you have, you know, homeschoolers or church schools or just wanting, you know, extra resources for your family, all of that will be coming out here in the next year or so. Awesome. Adam and Carissa, what is your favorite thing about all of this? Oh, that's a, that's a hard question. I think giving my kids um, and, you know, the, of course my friends, kids and all the, your, your kids listening, uh, uh, a safe place 
to answer the questions that are so hard sometimes for some of us that didn't have that modeled mm-hmm. um, and to hopefully prevent the brokenness that I'm seeing yeah. in a lot of men yeah. and women. Right. So I think that's my favorite part. Just, I think the 10 year look is, is, I think so bright. Yeah. In addition to that, I would say my favorite part about creating a resource like this is that the the parents will now have more confidence. So there's the the aspect of developing that safe place for the children, but also helping parents to develop confidence in not just their parenting, but in their own sexuality. Mm-hmm. We've seen that side effect with our uh, beta testers and the feedback we've gotten so far. I didn't know that about my body. <laughs> yeah. And I'm excited about that piece. I'm I'm really thankful to have the opportunity to come alongside parents and and help them not only with the education for their kiddos, but education for themselves. Well, sometimes the, the parents won't do anything for their own sex life, but yeah. they'll do it for their kids. Right. And then that will help them by virtue of helping their kids. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. So if you want to be more confident, if you want to be more competent, if you want to be more conversant in sexuality, Look at that. go to havingthetalks.com. <laughs> You're welcome. And always remember, everyone, you are God's beloved son. In you, he is well pleased. 